Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your punishment, now and forever, that I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death, of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a Upon this, your confession, I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The introit. God is in his holy habitation. He gives a home to the desolate. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him him. And let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yet 
Almighty and everlasting God, who are always more ready to hear than we to pray, and give more than we either desire or deserve, pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things that we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, Ever one God, world without end. The Old Testament reading for the eleventh Sunday after Trinity is from the fourth chapter of Genesis. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. 
So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth, and it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. This is the word of the Lord. chapter of 1 Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born, out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. 
Also, Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who is spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge my baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
sermon text is from Luke 18, verse 14. I tell you the truth, that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Someone once told me that the reason that they didn't attend church was because they didn't know what the truth was. They said, you know, one person says this is right, another says this is right, I just quit going. Who knows? Although I doubt that not knowing the truth is the real reason why the person quit attending, I don't doubt that there is great disagreement between people over what is right and wrong. In today's Old Testament reading, there was a disagreement between Cain and Abel. God looks with favor on Abel's sacrifice, but does not look favorably upon Cain's sacrifice. However, Cain judges his own sacrifice as acceptable, and he judges Abel as worthy of death. So he kills him. Bit of a disagreement. Then today's Holy Gospel, there's a disagreement between the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee judges himself to be righteous and judges the tax collector to be wicked. But Jesus declares the opposite. He says that the tax collector went home justified, that is, declared righteous, but the Pharisee did not. Another disagreement. Which one is right? Well, we tend to forget that everybody has a God. The large catechism says, I quote, A God is the term for that which we are to look for all good and in which we are to find refuge in time of need. So you see, everyone trusts or relies on something, and that something is their God. Now, in truth, there is really only one God. The rest are simply creations of our own imaginations. So, for example, let's consider the Pharisee. In his own mind, he is convinced, wrongly I say, but he is convinced that a God should consider those people righteous who do righteous things. Therefore, the Pharisee worships the God that he imagines by coming before him and telling him about all the righteous things that he did. And the Pharisee then is also convinced, wrongly, yes, but convinced, that a God should give attention to the someone who has done bad things. Well, therefore, the Pharisee puts down the tax collector in his prayers. The Pharisee... uh, that is, the Pharisee's God, does not give out mercy. He simply gives out justice. The Pharisee's God does not desire confession or wish to give out forgiveness or a free righteousness. The Pharisee's God rewards those who work hard. That's his God. It's a God of his mind. It's not the true God. It's, and he's wrong, but, but that's his God. 
Have you ever noticed that the false god of people with whom you are speaking, the false god of the people with whom you are speaking, that they always value exactly the same thing that the person values? That is, the person who doesn't go to church worships a god who doesn't require church attendance? Hmm. The person who is immoral also has a god who's without moral requirements. You see how that works. Understanding this, well, everyone having a god, we should expect to find differences in the way that each person's god is worshipped. Not only will there be divisions between Christians and non-Christians, but sadly there'll be divisions between those who even call themselves Christians. Did we think that it was the coming of the term denominations that somehow created the divisions? And if we got rid of that, then no. Already with Cain and Abel, we have two men who both claim to worship the Lord. And yet their beliefs and worships are quite different. Now there are some who hear the person who noticed all the arguing about Christians and would say, we just all need to quit fighting and be one big happy church. And Well, that would be great. However, they don't mean that we should all come together and believe, teach, and confess the same thing and be one happy church. They simply want us to ignore our differences. And so in the church, Cain and Abel would be able to worship side by side, since they both claim to worship the Lord. In their church, the Pharisee and the tax collector would both commune at the same altar. Now, I imagine that it would be confusing at times, but, well, I guess they're not really trying to determine the truth. If you're not really concerned about the truth, then you're not really concerned about finding it. So the person who told me that things were very confusing, I asked them, well, have you found the true church? Uh, uh, well, no. So, well, did you find out about the Lutheran church? Did you go check? Well, no, I didn't. Well, well, well where are you looking? What are you finding? And I get either the Pilate's words, what is truth, or the simply, um, um, I'm not really looking, I, I just gave up. I'm done. Not all divisions are bad. If Christians are divided on unimportant things, like the color of the carpet, or hands raised or folded, yeah, we ought to be ashamed. But if the divisions are on things that, whether it is God-pleasing or not, the first division which occurred between Cain, who was sent away, was because there was an actual division and it mattered. God accepted Abel in his offering and rejected Cain in his offering. If you reject that, then you must reject the distinction between truth and falsehood. And the distinction between the Pharisee and the tax collector, Jesus declares one righteous and the other not. He's still in his sins. And so we need to note that where there are important divisions, we need to make sure that we see those. Let's take a look at those differences which happened between the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee determines, first of all, that he is righteous and holy based on his own works. 
So he boasts and he brags before God about the things that he has done. And in his thinking, if you do righteous things, you're righteous. And he trusted in himself. However, at the end, we see the Pharisee was not justified. Justification is God's still declaration of righteousness. And God does not agree with the Pharisee. Now, we know from the word of God that a man is not declared righteous by good works. Due to our sinful nature, we are unable to meet God's demand, and he demands perfection. Never of sin, not even once. But we, with a sinful nature, are like children with dirty hands trying to help her out around the house. Even when we do accomplish something, it is not pure of sin. It's got our dirty, grubby hands all over it. So what about righteousness and salvation? Well, it comes through receiving Jesus, who was the only one who perfectly kept the law of God and kept it holy. When we trust in Jesus, God declares that Jesus' righteousness is credited to our account. We are not justified by our works, but through faith in Jesus' perfect life. And whatever grubby sins that we have committed, they are taken away through Jesus' suffering and death on our behalf upon the cross. But to get back to the Pharisee, the Pharisee, who trusts in himself, also has quite a bit of pride. Pride is seen in his treatment of others. The parable says that he despised others. He looked down upon them. He looked down upon the tax collector. The Pharisee come before God, he couches his prayer in the language of thanksgiving. But he's not really acknowledging anything that he received from God. If you look closely, this Pharisee, well, thanks God for absolutely nothing. Because he doesn't think he's received anything from God. The Pharisee thinks he needs nothing. In fact, he's telling God, you're really lucky to have me. The Pharisee is convinced He's different from other men, and, well, the tax collector, yeah, I'm not like him at all. I'm better. I'm much better. He despises the tax collector unworthy of God. Let the man shape up. Maybe then God would accept him. You see, in contrast to this, we see a tax collector who is not proud. We see one who humbles himself. The tax collector confesses that he is like other men. He needs mercy. He is sinful and unclean. And so he comes before God saying, I have nothing to give to you, but I desire to receive everything from you. And that's why he asks for mercy. He has come uh, to receive uh, from God his righteousness, his forgiveness. He's come to be, well, made better one by the forgiveness of sins and then by God working through him. He is humble. And it says that the humble are forgiven, made righteous. They're lifted up. But the Pharisee, well, who will accept nothing from God, who is exalted, he eventually is humbled. So, for the person who is having trouble with truth and falsehood and all of the differences and disagreements... Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to figure these things out? 
The reason is that the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which is freely given by God, is supposed to be the heart and the center of the Christian religion. The Lutheran confessions state this, Justification is the one teaching by which the church stands or falls. Everything is to revolve around God's declaration of righteousness, which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And when it doesn't revolve around that, then you have those who wish to justify themselves. You have those who put down others. You have those who deny that they're like other men. You have That's why it becomes so difficult. Luther himself said, concerning justification, if this one teaching stands in its purity, then Christendom will also remain pure and good, undivided and unseparated. But where it does not remain pure, it is impossible to ward off any error or sectarian spirit. So what do we find we find that there is the one true religion which has justification by grace through faith at its center, and everything revolves around that. And then you have a myriad of others that can get it wrong in so many ways because their righteousness does not come from Christ. If you get justification right, well, everything else falls into place. And if you don't, nothing else matters. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds and faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Create in me, page Almighty God, everlasting Father, although we are all sinful and unclean, we give thanks that you have justified us through faith in Christ, apart from our thoughts, words, and deeds. Let us pray to the Lord. We ask that by the preaching of your word that you would give to your church the boldness to humble ourselves with repentant hearts, crying out, Lord, of mercy, and clinging only to Jesus Christ for our righteousness, so that we might faithfully perform good works. Give all pastors, including our Bishop James and our pastors Michael and Gary, the will and ability to always preach justification by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Bless our Director Keeley, as well as the teachers and staff of our Learning Center, so the children know that they are saved by grace through faith as a gift from you. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord Endow our President Joe, our Governor J.B., our Mayor Steve, federal and state legislators, county commissioners, city officials, and all our judges with grace 
to rule for the maintenance of goodness and the hindrance of evil. Give us compassion for couples and their families that are struggling through separation and divorce. Protect those who serve in the armed forces, especially Danny, Jason, and Blake, and our police officers, Daniel and Alex, that they may diligently carry out their duties and be protected from all harm and danger. Bless the labors of all who work honestly with their bodies and minds. Lead employers to provide useful employment to the unemployed, just wages for all those who labor. Encourage those who work for their families and church with the knowledge that their labors are not in vain. Bless our universities, colleges, and schools so that knowledge may be increased among us and all good learning flourish and abound. Bless all who teach and learn and grant that they may ever look to you with humble hearts. Let us pray to the Lord. Bless our shut-in Carolyn, our elderly Violet and Tom. Provide for the needs of Kevin, Stan, Jack, Levi, Jennifer, Jim, Mary, Connie, Victor and Marcia, and Phil. Be with our students, with Sarah, Sadie, Jonathan, Kara, Alexis, and Ashley. Let us pray to the Lord. O Lord, Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. That we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, Open to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, 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 holy,
Lord of heaven and earth, we praise and thank you for having had mercy on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us to the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.